Hello, brothers and sisters. This is Father's Daughter. And as Psalms 118.24 says, This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I pray God has been blessing and keeping each and every one of you, giving you good health and strength, that you have been leaning and depending, trusting and believing in his word, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. I pray your good days have been better than your not so good days and that you are praying for one another, your brothers and sisters in Christ. This has been a year of ups. It has been a year of downs. It has been a year of joys and it has been a year of sorrows. But I'm so glad that God is good. His mercies are everlasting and that his truth endures through all generations. It's been a while. I had some technical issues and some um, other issues that had ar- ar- has been arisen. And I just am so glad to be able to be back, able to be able to podcast and give you guys God's messages. I have missed ministering to you and I pray and I hope that you have been receiving God's messages because I know he does not leave us without his knowledge especially when we crave and we seek his throne so before we get started today i would like to just for us to bow our heads and pray and give god the honor that he deserves let us pray father god i come to you this day we come to you this day thanking you and giving you all honor praise and glory we ask that you would forgive us of all sins that we've committed knowingly and unknowingly god and those things that we do not know that we have done that is not of you, Lord God, I ask that you will bring it to our acknowledgement, to our recollection, to, to our recognition, to let us know, Lord God, the things that we need to stop, that we need to cease, that will bring us closer, draw us nearer to you, Lord God. You love us, so you chastise us, which means that you tell us what we have done. You show us what we have done. We send You send us messages of the things that we need to correct because you are our father and you love us. Lord God, I ask that you will just send your Holy Spirit and allow this your vessel. Let your words flow through me. Your vessel. Your child. Use me, Lord, the way that you see fit. Bless us, Lord, the way you see fit. And I pray that we will all receive your message in its entirety, and in the way that you intended for it to be presented and to be received. We thank you now, giving you all praise, all glory, all honor, and thanking you yet again for that another day that is not promised to us, one that we do not deserve, but yet you saw fit to bless us with this day anyway. So we thank you, we praise you, we lift your name up, Lord, and we ask that you will let your light shine through us so that you, our Father in heaven, may be glorified. We thank you, Lord, now, giving you all praise, honor, and glory. In your darling son, Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So, brothers and sisters, like I mentioned before, it's been a while. But God is good. His mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures through all generations. So, I've had some sorrows come about. I've had some joys, and um, I've had some blessings. And I've had some more blessings because... The devil will try to curse you and he will make you feel like the things that you are going through are because of things that you have done or because that God has left you or forsaken you. But I'm so glad that God is 
who he says he is, and he would never leave us, nor will he forsake us. So thank God for that. So today in this series, we will be discussing or talking about how we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So this is going to be a series that God has placed upon my heart that, um, and he will give it to us as he sees fit. In this series, it's going to, it's called fearfully and wonderfully made as in the scripture, Psalms 129, 13 verses 13 through 14. And it reads, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. So we will be discussing who God says we are versus who the enemy, Satan, wants us to believe that we are. God's word is true. He cannot lie. And we know this because if we look in Numbers chapter 23 verse 19, it tells us that God is not a man. That he should lie, neither the son of man, that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? So in other words, if God says something, then that is exactly what he said. And what he said is what he means. And if he does not say it, then that ain't what he means. If he has not spoken it, then he shall not make it good. So if God is speaking something into your life, then that's a good thing for each and every one of us. But if he hadn't said it and Joe, Mo, Soldo, whoever comes and says, well, you need to do this or you need to do that or you need to walk this way, you need to talk this way, you need to go here, you need to go there, you need to do this job, you need to say this. Did God say that? Is that what God said? Did God send you? Or did, did God, my father, send you? Do we have the same father or did that come from Satan? Because I don't feel in my spirit that that's what God is speaking to me. So if we go again on the representation of God's character and his honesty, Titus chapter one, verse two says, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. So God had made promises before the world began, before you and I were even formed, before you and I were even made, before you and I were even thought about in our in our mother's brain, in our mom's mom's brain, in our daddy's brain, in our dad's dad, and so on as the ancestral history goes backwards. Guess what? God had already made it promises to be here for us because he loved us. Hebrews chapter 6 says, in verse 18, it tells us that it is impossible, impossible, not possible for God to lie. Now, we know there's nothing impossible for God. All things are possible except for him to lie. That's the one thing he is not going to do because it is his promises and his word that we build our hope our trust, and it is the basis of our faith. So if God is a liar, we can we have no faith. So, but because God is not a liar, we have a hope and a belief that everything that he said is exactly what he said and how he said it, when he said it, and that's what it is. That is our hope. So we can be confident in the promises of God and that what God said is what he said and he meant exactly that, which is what he said. If God was a liar, then what hope do we have? 
we would be destined for death and not for eternal life. We would be destined for hell and not eternal life. We would be lost with nowhere to go. But God and his word is true. And it is that truth that we hold our belief that we our foundation lies. That is where it is. In the trust and belief in the promises of God. So brothers and sisters, knowing these things about God according to the scriptures as they are written, we can see God is not a liar. He is faithful. He is just. He is mercy. He is truth. So if God said it, then we should believe it. The scriptures show us who God is and who he says that we are. So God's not a liar here. And the scripture says and tells us who is the author of lying, who the author of deception and who the author of acquisitions are. And if you don't know or it may have slipped your mind a bit. Let me give you a couple of scriptures and verses that let us, lets us know who this liar, the deceptor, who the 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 acquisitioner is turn with me to john chapter 8 verse 44 and and in, in this verse jesus is speaking to some of the religious leaders like the pharisees uh, the jewish leaders of that time and he sees he's looking in that heart and he can tell that they are conspiring to kill him because of the truth that he is telling them he is telling them the truth about who he is where he came from who sent him that he is the son of god what his purpose was, and they don't believe him. Just because of his words, what he said and what he's telling them, which is the God on his truth, they plotted and schemed to kill him. So Jesus says in verse 44 of John chapter 8, if you're there with me, follow along. You are, he says, to these, these people that he is talking to, you're the father of the devil. You are of your father the devil and the lust of your father you will do so basically you you walking in the ways of of who you serve so since you don't serve the god of truth the true and living god the king of kings the lord of lords god god you know the the creator you walking in the shoes of your father the devil and the lust of your father then that's what you're gonna do so think about it when you have like with kids or children, it may be your niece or nephew. It's like they look up to the, the, their elder. who It may be the bigger sister, bigger brother. But they look up to and follow in the patterns of that individual. So it's the environment in which they are brought up is the behavior in which they display. So Jesus is telling these, these, these uh, Pharisees and Jewish leaders that, hey, Okay, I understand. You don't believe me because of who your daddy is. But since my daddy is the who he is, we, we ain't going to see eye to eye anyway. Because you're going to believe what you want to believe. Because that's how you was raised over here. And I was raised like this in truth. You were raised in darkness. I was raised in light. You were raised in shadows. I was raised in the sunshine. You were raised in lies. I was raised in truth. Nothing but the truth. So help me my father god and jesus goes on further to say he says he was a murderer from the beginning and did not walk in truth because there was no truth in him when he spoke a lie he spoke on his own for he is the liar and the father of it so when 
he was when 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 lies are coming, he said he Jesus is telling them them lies that y'all are speaking upon on my name, upon who I am, and the fact that I'm telling you the truth and you're not believing it, hmm, it makes perfect sense. We not from the same family. My daddy ain't your daddy, and your daddy definitely ain't mine. Because your daddy is a father of lies. Your daddy is a, was a murderer. Your daddy is full of lust. My daddy is not. So if you were following, if you were listening and you were being taught the word of God, then this, what I'm speaking to you, you would understand clearly without a shadow of a doubt. Now we know that Jesus is speaking truth because Jesus is true. Not Satan. John 14, 6 tells us that, that Jesus is the way, the truth, the life, that no man can come to the Father but through him, Jesus Christ. So the fact that the men Jesus is talking to and sharing the, his truth with and were not being receptive of said a lot about who they served. Jesus was letting them know, like, look, look, I'm telling you the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And you just don't want to believe me. Either you don't want to believe me you just don't get it. You just plain not you just plain don't care that this is the truth and you don't know it, but you like you like staying in as much of the darkness as possible so then you won't be held accountable in your mind because that's what your father is told you. If you don't know it, then he can't hold you accountable. But I'm trying to give you the truth, but you're choosing not to receive it. Here we see a difference with the men they don't want to know because we got to think about it some of those men had to have known or had an ink a, a inkling or an inclination that hey wait a minute he 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 done done some stuff that i ain't never seen no man do and they did say that the messiah was coming and that he would be but there's something different about this man like he comes to you and he he just makes you feel some type of different inside and it ain't a negative different it's a positive so there had to be some of those men that that knew that was tugging the holy spirit was tugging in their heart and telling them that this man here has got to be telling us the truth but instead of going with that gut feeling that they had they went with the crowd they followed the crowd instead of following Jesus. They followed the foolishness instead of Christ. Jesus is letting us know that when we are walking in truth, the enemy is going to come at us simply because you have a different father. Satan will try and he will send those closest to you to pour out lies until you plant seeds of deception or at least try to and then to speak deadly words or try to speak deadly words to you with their vicious tongue because we know that the power of life and death is in the tongue that's why we have to stay in our word and study the word of god so just like jesus was and when he was in the wilderness we will have our swords and shield to deflect the fiery darts of the enemy Jesus had been in the wilderness 40 days and 40 nights. And that old serpent, the devil, came trying to tempt Jesus. But Jesus hit him with the scripture. Satan tried to throw a little scripture in there. But you know, he liked to, he liked to bamboozle and, and, and twist and turn the scripture so it benefits him. Use it, manipulate it, so to speak. But if you have your Bibles and you're still following along, turn with me to Matthew 4, chapter 4, verse 1. 
And we're going to start reading there. And it says, then Jesus led up of the spirit. And this is about Jesus in the wilderness when Satan's trying to tempt him. And this, uh, then Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness. And I'm reading the King James Version. To be tempted by the devil, verse 2. And when he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And when the temper, tempter came to him and said, if you. Remember, if you, two letters, small word, but it's important. If you are the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But look what Jesus said in verse four. It is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. So that didn't work. So the devil takes Jesus somewhere else. And he takes in verse five, he says, then, then the devil took him up into the city and set him on a pinnacle of a temple. And he said, if you, better go that if again, if you be the son of God, cast yourself down for it is written. Now he want to hit him with some scripture for it is written being, being all sarcastic. He's, he shall give his angels charge concerning you in, in their hands. They shall bow thee up least at any time you dash your foot against the stone. So the devil right here is telling Jesus, okay, well, you didn't want to take my first, uh, my first temptation of you're hungry. I know you're hungry because you ain't ate in 40 days and you ain't ate in 40 nights. So I know you. I'm going to try to tempt you with appetite. Remember how he did with the appetite in, in uh, the garden? He tempted Eve with appetite. Hmm. So that didn't work. So now he's saying, well, if you the son of God, well, if, if you say who you say you are, like his, his, his kids earlier in John chapter, uh, in John chapter um, 8, verse 44. So this, this is showing you a little bit of as to how and why Jesus told them what, what he told them. Like, you are your father the devil. Because in here in verse verse 6, he doing that same thing. Well, if you are the son of God, cast yourself down for it is written. He shall give his angels charge concerning you. And in their hands, they shall bear thee up. List at any time you dash your foot against a stone. So he's he, he's like coming at Jesus like, well, if you say who you say you are, then you can throw yourself over this 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 cliff. You can you can just jump, and then God ain't gonna let you die. Your, your father, if that if that's truly your father, then he ain't gonna let you die. He ain't gonna let you you get a scratch or hurt your foot. But then Jesus told him, he said, "It is written. This is what it is written. You should not tempt the Lord your God." So Satan is hitting Jesus. With this and he's hitting with that but jesus hits him back with the word he sees satan we see that satan knows some scripture he knows the scripture but he'll use it for those of us that don't know the scripture and don't go into the word of god asking the holy spirit for discernment to, to reveal to us exactly what the what thus says the lord and what the lord is trying to convey to us what he wants us to know from the scriptures Satan will twist and turn and we got a bunch of false prophets out there that will twist and turn and manipulate the scriptures and make it seem like what you're doing, which is living a life of sin is okay because God didn't mean it like that. He meant it like this. If, if he was talking about this, then he'd have said that. But if God said it, he, he meant it. So we have to stay studied up. 
and know the entire scripture as well as its context and pray for under God's understanding and clarity of the scriptures to shield us from the nonsense. So go and, and we're in verse eight. So Satan comes up to Jesus again. So this is the third time he, he coming at Jesus. Jesus ain't bothering him. He ain't doing nothing. He just fasting and praying in the wilderness. And, and Satan, it's just something about when you're by yourself or when he think you're by yourself. He'll come with his if yous and if, 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 well, I guess this and I guess that and da, 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 you didn't, you didn't heard the if yous and the naysayers and the acquisitioners in your life. But, but, but let, let's, let's go a little bit further. So in verse eight, Satan comes to Jesus again and he takes him up to a high mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them in in verse 9, Jesus tells him, and then in, in verse 9, he says to Jesus, this is what, what Satan tells Jesus, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Wait, what? First, you didn't came in me because I was hungry, telling me to change this this, this, this bread to stone. Then you're going to come in me telling me, throw myself over the, uh, a cliff, basically, basically try to tr throw yourself over the cliff, uh, Jesus, and see if, if you God's child, then he's going to save you. Then he comes at him again. And tells him, well, okay, number that first thing didn't work. The second thing didn't work. Well, worship me, and then I'll give you whatever you want. What? Come on now. Come on now. So, and he said, all these things I will give you if you worship me. But Jesus said in verse 10, then Jesus told him, get thee behind me, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the, the, the devil left him, and the angels came and ministered to Jesus. How many of us out there have had similar things come to us? We hunger, way. If you just eat this, and you know you're not supposed to eat it because it is not, it is an unclean food. Or it is something that you're not supposed to be partaking in. It, it may not even be physical food. It might be something spiritually that you're not supposed to be doing. And then somebody like, well, it's just, it was. God wouldn't have let nobody create this if, if, uh, if you weren't supposed to watch it, well, I know I feel convicted in my spirit not to watch it. So if you if you feel like that's something you need to do, I don't feel like that's 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 what I need to do. And you politely leave, or you go do your own thing. Some people then then had the well if if you was well if you was like like with Job, if you was like his parents his friends came to him. Oh, Job, well, Job, what you do? Because you had to have done something. Because God ain't just gonna put this on you for nothing. Sickness comes. And if we really truly read our scriptures, sickness is not from God. God is healing. He showed us with Jesus. When Jesus was going and performing these miracles, the same miracles that these Pharisees and leaders of the church was trying to kill him over. He was performing. He was healing the sick. He was opening blinded eyes. He was he was healing. Jesus, God, is healing, not killing. So the diseases and the pestilence and the plagues and uh, the pestilences and the pandemics and all this stuff, God would not have us sick. He wants us to be healed. He wants us to be free from sin. Jesus said in, in, in the scriptures, go and sin no more. Your, your sins are forgiven. Be healed. And then the third thing, I'll give you all the things of this world. This world? I don't want this. What is this? 
Heaven is my home. I'm trying to get back there. Satan know this stuff is going to burn. He's going to give you something that's temporary. But what God can offer, what Jesus offers, what Jesus died on Calvary's cross for was foreverness. Streets that were paved with gold. Gates, pearly gates. He giving you burn insurance. He giving you life insurance. Satan give you death. Nobody want that. Get on with that. Satan is coming at Jesus right here with a whole bunch of if yous. Brothers and sisters, many of us have experienced some if you people in our lives. If you this or if you that, if you sow this or if you sow that. But when they come at you with your they if yous, we have to learn to speak our becauses. Becauses over our own lives. Becauses that come from the scriptures. Becauses that are given to us by God. We have to say because God says, because God said, because God did, because God is. We have to say because God say this. Because God say that. Because God is this. And because God is that I am able. I am I am because he says that I am. And it is written because God says so. I am what he says I am. And I can do what he says I can do. And I will walk the way God says I will walk. And I will talk the way he says I will talk. I am because God says so. And let's get away from the if yous. Because the if yous come from that father. And the because is come. The because is come from God. Why should we believe in the naysayers about who we are instead of firmly standing on the word of God and he who has created us and says what we are because he created us to be who we are. God created us and he knows more about us. He knows more about us than we know us about ourselves. This right here just gives us an idea of the difference in character of God who loves us and wants what's best for us versus the deceiver, the deceptive Satan who could care less about us. He wants us to be dead. He don't want us to receive eternal life. He don't want us to know God and have a relationship with him. He didn't like us from beginning. He didn't like us from, from creation because God gave us a free will to serve. He gave us the, the, the will to want to serve him, to want to love him. So Satan, is, he, he, he would, he's going to and he, he bring, brought, brought up our shortcomings. And he'll bring that one person, that, that, those people in our lives that remember when you did this, remember when you did that, how you going to tell me now? Because that, that was my past. Because God has created in me a new creature i'm a new creature in god yeah i i used to be in the world but because of god i'm a new creature i don't walk the way i used to walk i don't talk the way i used to talk i don't go to places that i used to go because i know if i go back to those places then i may stray and backslide so i walk and i go and i talk and i be the way god says that I am and I do what he says that I can do and I speak the way he says I should speak and I I'm different now I'm just trying to tell you about a man named Jesus who changed me
So, back then, in Job's time, Satan used to be able to go to and fro from the earth to heaven, earth to heaven, earth to heaven, roaming around earth, picking up acquisitions so he can run tail God like God couldn't see for himself. So, but Jesus, Jesus was tired of it. So he said, he, this has got to stop. And so he agreed to pay the ultimate price, which would be to sacrifice himself, to give himself in the place of our sins. And when Jesus died on that old rugged cross of Calvary, he took the whole uh, coming back and forth factor away from Satan, and he couldn't come up there accusing anyone anymore. But Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, became our advocate for forgiveness. But we have to go to him for repentance, in repentance. Some of y'all are like, what in the world, father's daughter, are you talking about? Satan gets got to go back and forth to him. What, what? So um, turn with me to Job chapter one. Go down to verse six and we're going to start reading verse six and verse seven. And then we're going to go to Job chapter two, verse one and verse two. And it says, Job one, six and seven. Now there was... Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them. And the Lord said to Satan, whence thou, whence comest thou? Where you coming from? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. Now, go with me to Job chapter 2 verse 1 and 2. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? And Satan answered and said, From going to and fro in the earth and walking up and down it. So, this is the story of Job. And um, some of y'all can go back and read it if you like. It's a, it's a very interesting story, and it just tells us that um, God is amazing. This is where I got the information from about Satan used to being able to go back and forth from the earth to heaven in, at, at a given time. But once Jesus gave himself on the, on the cross as an ultimate sacrifice, that was no longer, no longer a luxury afforded to Satan. Because, boom, Jesus closed that door. He is only able to walk the earth, no longer accusing the brethren in heaven to the Lord. Jesus goes and he advocates for us. And he's like, Father, forgive them because... They are asking for forgiveness, and I've already paid that price. That let forgive them of their sins. So the enemy would have us to believe that God does not love us, and we are nothing. This is this is where everything is is coming from. But I am here to tell you that Jesus loves us, and God loves us so much that in John three sixteen through seventeen sings God's love for us. It reads, "For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son." That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. He didn't come for condemnation, but he came that through him we may be saved. He didn't come to say, okay, you did this, you did this, you, 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 boom. But see, that's what they wanted. That's what Satan wanted. Everybody to be like, wow, God just, he's a tyrant. God is not a tyrant. He wouldn't have sent his only begotten son. Jesus wouldn't have came down here and became flesh to die for us. Walked without sin so that we would have an advocate in heaven to 
to be able to go there. Second Peter tells us that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as men count slackness, but as long-suffering towards us, not willing that anyone should perish, but that they should all come to, to repentance. He don't want us to die. That's not what he wants. He loves, God loves his children, no matter what we've done. He just wants us to come to him with a heart of repentance. Satan would have us believe that when we do something, we mess up. Don't go to God. Mm -mm. He don't want to talk to you in your dirty sin. But that's, that's wrong. Look at Rahab. Rahab the harlot. Rahab was a harlot. And she saw something different in Joshua and Caleb when they went into the camp and she hid them. And because of her faithfulness, God saved her and her whole family. Because of the, the repentance of her sins. It wasn't about her occupation. It was about her faith. It's, it's sad that we don't go to God for all things. We don't go to him and talk to him and communicate him. That's what he wants. He wants us to go to him, to communicate with him, to tell us about our troubles, our worries, our concerns, and our cares. We tend to act like we are bothering him or getting on his nerves or something. That's exactly what the enemy wants us to, to keep thinking. He don't want us to go in fellowship with God. He don't want us to go talk to God. He don't want us to cast our cares upon him. He wants us to think that God's too busy for us, that he has more important things to do and he is more concerned with other things in the world than us. But that's the biggest lie I've ever heard one. God cares and is concerned about each and every one of us individually, intimately. It tells us in, like we just read from Philippians. I mean, from 2 Peter. He would have none of us perish but to find repentance. When It's like this. Think about it like this. Those of us that have children, when our children come to us for help, no matter how old or how young they are, if we're completely honest with ourselves, it brings our hearts joy that they are willing to come, of us, come to us in their time of need. Right? So I'm sure neither of us would wish to see our children go through any hurt, harm, pain, financial difficulty, no, in no shape, form, or fashion. No parent wants their child to have to suffer through pain, any type of pain, no matter how big or small at all. We will do whatever we could do in our power to make sure that they are safe, that they are secure, that they're healthy, that they're sane, that they're well, that they don't have no, that they're not crying, that their well-being is being made. Now, how much more do you think God feels any different about us than the way we feel about the children that he's blessed us with? The way we feel about our children is exactly the way God feels, probably more so than not more intensified than we do. He wants us to know that we can go to him anytime, any place, any day, wherever, whenever we can go to him in our time of need to lean on him, to trust on him, to cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. He wants us to ask him for help. My children tell me all the time when I ask them, I'm like, well, why don't you come to, why didn't you come to me sooner? Why didn't you tell me that you was going through this? What's wrong? What's, 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 what's happening? And I get the same example from pretty much word for word from all three of them. I ain't want to bother you. 
I know you have so much more important things to do that you were taking care of. And what? What's more important than being concerned about you? I, I tell them, I'm your mother. I love you no matter what you do, where you've been, what you're going through, who you're with. I'm your mom and it's my job to love you and be there no matter what. Does, does this sound familiar? I am pretty sure most of us, if not all of us, knows that this sounds so familiar. Even more so, isn't that what God is saying to each and every one of us? Isn't this what he's saying? Isn't this what we basically saying to him when we should go to him in our presence, in our present, that he's our, we know he's our present help in the time of trouble, that his grace is sufficient in our time of weakness, that he is there for us, willing and able to supply our needs, but like children, our own kids, nieces, nephews, students. We know this, but somehow we allow the enemy to slip in and tell us that stupid, vicious lie. We don't, we, we, we just don't ask for help. And that's exactly what the enemy wants us to try to figure it out on our own, swimming along with the shark in, in shark infested waters, wounded and trying to figure it out alone, ready to be gobbled up because we're bleeding. And we won't go to our father who can help us. So many of us out there are being fed and have been fed and led to believe the lies that we are nothing. Lies about who we are, what we are capable of, the, the strength that lies within us and who we truly are because we have not been properly introduced to our father who art in heaven and taught who we are according to his word. In this time, we have to learn that we are not the lies. We are greater than the enemy would have us believe. We are not mistakes, but we're created with a purpose. For God knew us before we were formed in our mother's wombs. He created us for a purpose, and he knows the plans he has for us, as in Jeremiah 29, 11 says. We, he would have us, Satan would have us believe that we're, we're unreachable and that we're not teachable. That we are not loved, but I'm here to tell you that we are loved with an unfailing and unwavering love. He would have us to believe that we don't deserve to, to, to have joy or to be happy. That we don't deserve to be free from bondage. But I'm here to tell you that we do deserve joy and to be happy. God said that we do deserve to be free from bondage and loose from chains. He loosed the Israelites from chains, from bondage because he loved them. And he loves us no less. We are not depressed, but we are blessed and highly favored. The enemy will no longer use pharmacy, which is derived from the Greek word pharmakia, meaning magic, charm, or a potion cast. He won't, we won't allow him to do that because now we know that it's a spell of deception and it blindsides us with his trickery and his witchcraft. But we will now walk in the forgiveness of God who declares we are forgiven and we will go and sin no more. Rise and we will take our beds and walk. We will walk into freedom from drugs and alcohol. We will walk into freedom from sexual immorality. We will walk into freedom from darkness. And we will walk into God's marvelous light of truth. We will walk into freedom from anxiety and no longer be anxious. Like Philippians 4, 6 declares, we should not be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, we must make our requests known to God. We will walk in freedom from the lies of the tongues of deception. But we will walk into the spirit of discernment and clarification. 
which tells us that Genesis 1 26 says we are made in the image and the likeness of God, which is why we are fearfully and wonderfully made. They created us in their own image, in their own likeness. We are not made in the image of Satan who have, who would have us to get in the mind state of believing him and his children when he says who we are. We were not created by him, nor do we serve him. So his word should be null and void in our lives. We shouldn't be believing that. We have to stop believing it. What he says and what he has to see, say no longer affects us from this day forward for we have the power to overcome the lies he says because we know that we are filled with greatness of God. For John, first John chapter four and four says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We know these things. And God says that it's high time today that we realize whose we are and who we are. And this is the first, first series first podcast of the series and God wants us to know who we are because he says it. not because what the world says but because of what he says let us pray we were created by God the Father God the Son and God the Holy Spirit and they know all about us so why should we believe anything other than what they say we are because we were created by them. They made us and know all, all about us. Lord, God, we come to you thanking you for your presence in our lives. We thank you for being God and loving us enough to send a message. Lord, we thank you for waking us up and tearing down the strongholds that had us bound. We thank you for the revelation that you are not the lies. And we are not the lies that we have been told. But because of son, Jesus Christ has made us new. Lord, we thank you that you love us and you care for us and want us to come to you for all we could ever need. We thank you for just wanting to spend some time with us and hear about what we are going through, the good and the bad, the ups and the downs, the sorrows and the joy. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for being there for being present, for being an awesome father, for taking care of each and every one of us, Lord. We ask that you will forgive us of our sins and help us to walk in the light of truth and your commandments. Lord God, help us to love one another and continuously pray for one another, to draw closer to you in these last hours. Lord, open our ears, open our eyes, and open our hearts to receive you wholeheartedly, to walk in your ways and to talk in your ways and behave as you would have us to. Your will be done, Lord God, in our lives, and we thank you. We thank you now. We thank you tomorrow. We thank you every day that you give us breath for all that you have done, for everything that you will do, and the things that you continue to do for us. We thank you, Lord, and we, we bless you. Thank you for sending your Holy Spirit to open up our eyes to see and our ears to hear, our hearts to receive and to beat with flesh and no more stone. We ask these things and we pray in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I hope and I pray that you receive this message. 
and that God is opening up a new door in your life. And that you will stop believing the lies that the enemy is telling you about who you are and start receiving the message of God and who he says that you are, that you are an overcomer, that you can do all things through him, that greater is in you than is in the world. My brothers and sisters, this is Father's Daughter and I'm signing off today and I pray you be blessed.